Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Today, we've got a crazy story of a mother in law trying to end OP. We'll get to that in a bit, but first, I promised my ex boyfriend capital to start a business, made him quit his job, and then ghosted him. My ex-boyfriend is the reason I still have severe trust issues. He lied so often and he did it so well too. He lied about everything. He barely even noticed me in our relationship. The only period where he was a loving, sensitive and present boyfriend was after I'd promised to give him seed money for his business. Apart from the lies, he was also dating his roommate who was a friend of sorts before my ex and I started dating. When we first started dating, he lied about his parents living together in the suburbs. I believed him and why not? There was no reason to believe that he was lying. Although now, I probably never just believe anyone. My ex took all the trust I had in anyone with him. He told me he had one sibling, a sister, who is a medical doctor and worked in a hospital in another city. He also lied about having gone to a culinary school in a small town in France. We lived in the same building, that was how we met, and my job transferred me from a different state. A welcome development since I'd just gotten out of a long-term relationship that ended abruptly because he was moving back to his home country. I needed a change of scenery since nearly everywhere I went and everyone I saw reminded me of him. When my boss called me into his office to offer me a promotion that came with a transfer, I was grateful for it and a month later, I packed my stuff and left for my new office. My ex had a roommate who doubled as his co-worker in a big restaurant in the heart of the city. I met his roommate first. I was packing my boxes out of the haulage company's car when he came over and offered to help. He was fun to chat with and was very helpful that evening. His friend, my ex, found him helping me and he offered to help too. Funnily, he had just returned from a date with some school teacher he was dating at the time. I remember his roommate asking how it went and him telling her it went well. Soon after I moved in, his roommate and I became quite close. We had so much in common. He was a cosmetic junkie like I was. We had the same taste in music, food, and even crush. It makes sense now what happened to our friendship, seeing as we had the same taste in men. Naturally, my ex and I talked and hung out more too, since we had a friend in common. Whenever it was just the three of us, I never saw my ex and his roommate get chummy. They hardly spoke to each other, unless they were having some mundane conversation about bills, clothes, and their apartment. Whenever the three of us were engaged in a conversation, however, we could go on and on for hours. I didn't have any friends in the city, so we became friends. Sometimes we hung out with my ex's then-girlfriend, the school teacher. She was a nice lady too, although it was pretty much obvious that there wasn't any strong chemistry between them. I noticed along the line that my ex stopped hanging out with his roommate and me. I just figured it was because I'd been too busy with work. I thought he was also busy, seeing as he often spoke about wanting to start a private catering business. When I finally asked his roommate why he was missing in action, he told me my ex and his school teacher girlfriend had broken up, and that my ex felt bad about it. I went over to their apartment to see if I could cheer them up, and somehow we ended up hooking up. That happened a couple of times more, then I told him I couldn't continue with our arrangement. 
I wanted something much more serious than being hookup buddies. I intimated to him my plans to marry as soon as possible and start a family. Maybe I was just desperate to have the family I'd always wanted, but I managed to convince my ex into having a proper relationship. For the longest time, I felt bad about it. I thought if I hadn't been desperate, he would have been a better boyfriend. But now I think the guy was just a bum. It was as though my ex slept walk all through our relationship. He never offered to do anything for me. I had to ask before he would grudgingly move his muscles. I mostly paid for stuff, but I didn't have issues with that because I earned more anyway. Five months after we were together, I ran into the school teacher he was with at work. She came into my office to get certain stuff done. We got talking and she revealed to me that she ended her relationship with my ex because she caught him with his roommate. I couldn't believe what I had heard. All the things I'd noticed earlier but didn't pay so much attention to started coming right up to the surface. I returned home that day patiently watching out for more signs and I found too many of them. I found out that my ex didn't have any full siblings, his parents had been divorced for a while, he had a half-sister in our city and no, she wasn't a doctor, he also didn't go to any culinary school in France. I wasn't just going to let him get away with it, so I hatched a revenge plan on him and his roommate boyfriend. Just as I thought of the perfect revenge for my ex, he had a big fight with his roommate and the roommate moved out, leaving him alone in their apartment. I was going to offer to lend all of my savings to my ex to help him start his food business and then make him quit his job. My ex was very excited when I told him I'd finally decided to lend him some money to launch his catering business. He hugged me and lifted me off of the couch. I would have been so happy to see that I was able to make him that happy, but all I thought of was how much of a terrible person he was. What's next? He asked me. You know what to do. Send in your two weeks notice now. He finally brought me down on the couch again, paced about my living room and hugged me again. When he returned to his apartment that night, I called my best friend and told her I was going to loan out my savings to my boyfriend. She knew about my findings, so she was shocked. Are you crazy? After what you found out? I'm going to fly down and talk sense into your head if that's what it would take. Surely you can't do that. I rolled my eyes and told her I'd made my decision. I said I understand that you have concerns and are looking out for me. I appreciate that, but we've decided to work on our relationship. I promise, we'll be fine. My best friend got off the phone sounding very skeptical, but I knew she didn't say anything to me out of respect. I hope to God that you know what you're doing, she finally said when she realized she could not convince me to change my mind. I do, I replied firmly. She said, just promise you'll think about it again. I said I already, just give it another thought. I promised her I would and we ended the conversation. I was such a bad actor that I was terrified of telling my best friend the truth. I was afraid that if I told her the truth, that I was planning my revenge against my ex, somehow he would find out too. I wanted my revenge to be served very cold, and I didn't want to mess it up myself. When I was in his apartment that night, I told my ex about my best friend's response. When I informed her I was going to loan him some money, Why was she so skeptical? He asked, looking bewildered. I said, I don't know. She can be like that. She can be very skeptical about getting money involved in her relationships. Not just a romantic relationship, I replied to him. He probably realized then that he had to do all that he could to convince me so I don't listen to my best friend and change my mind. I know you have doubts too, but this is going to be very good for us. I just need six months to a year to be firmly rooted in the business. 
As soon as that happens, we can start to talk about getting married and starting a family. He knew how badly I wanted to start a family, and I knew he only said that to appeal to my emotions, so I forced a change in countenance when he mentioned it. I smiled a bit so he could believe that he had me fooled. The Monday after, he turned in his two weeks notice. I don't know what exactly happened, but he got into an argument with his manager while at it, and they quarreled. When we were together that evening, he told me all about it. He claimed the manager only threw a fit because he hated to see him leave, especially since he knew my ex was starting a business of his own. He figured he's got some serious competition, my ex boasted. It was so funny that my ex thought his boss could think that a business he hadn't even started was big enough competition for their restaurant. The restaurant was in the heart of the city, had great food, and had a huge crowd all day of the week. It was at the time the busiest restaurant in those parts. I wasn't sure if my ex was saying that to make me interested in investing in his business, or if he had genuinely convinced himself that the restaurant saw him as competition. I just played along and cursed his manager out. The rest of the week, he came over to my apartment every morning before we both left for work. He would do a little dance and express how much he couldn't wait to stop wearing that crap, his chef hat. It was funny to me because he wanted to start his catering business and would wear the hat anyway. The second week of the two weeks he was to use at work, he refused to go to work. I tried to convince him, but he refused to go. I'd rather just spend the week making proper plans for my business. Are you going to write me a check? My heart started beating when he asked me about the money. I knew I was going to confront him with the truth eventually, but I didn't think that would happen so soon. I said, yes, I'm going to have to write a check, but I also need to talk to my account manager. Since it's a lot of money, there might be extra protocols to follow. We went to work that day, and I wondered all through how I was going to break it to him that I wasn't going to give him my money. I decided to call my best friend for help. During the lunch break, I rang her office, and she nearly screamed my eardrums down when I told her what had been going on. I knew my best friend was no darn fool. I laughed heartily. What am I going to do? I'm torn between just ghosting him and moving out of the building, or telling him to his face that I know he's a pathological liar and a cheat, and then leaving. My friend suggested I just ghost him. You've wanted to move out of that building anyway, so find a way to move discreetly. I said that's going to be harder now because he's since stopped going to work. He really gave a two weeks notice and then left after a week. He has some audacity on him. My best friend had to go, but before she went off, she advised me to find a new apartment fast. I was already talking to someone who was going to help me find a suitable place for a few at the time. After work that same day, he invited me to look at an apartment he found. We went there and I loved it. It was more spacious, plus there was space by the large window where I could comfortably raise my plants and ensure they got enough sunlight. It was also closer to my office than the apartment I was in. So I chose the apartment and we started talking about payment immediately. I met my ex at the door as I walked in. I was startled and he noticed. What's wrong? I said, I was just surprised to see you. When are you going to give me your key, he asked. I've been going up and down the stairs trying to see if you're home or not. I didn't respond. I only hugged him and opened the door. Sorry, I had a busy day at work, I lied. The second week passed, and my ex came over to ask about the money. I lied that it would be available the next week, and then lied that I was going to visit my parents. What I was really going to do was move into the new apartment without getting noticed. I also needed time to pack my stuff. 
He offered to drive me to the airport, but didn't protest when I told him not to bother. That was his first time offering to do that in our relationship. I had visited my parents several times in the past, and he never offered to take me to the airport. I spent a whole night packing and boxing my stuff. I arranged with a haulage company to have their staff pack the boxes in the car. I only took a few essentials and drove to my new apartment. My ex must have seen my stuff getting packed because he started calling me frantically the evening the company did their job. He called repeatedly, but I didn't take his calls. He got the message and sent several texts cursing at me. I didn't give a hoot about that. I'd made him quit his job and now he had no capital to start his business. I never replied to his numerous messages. All I can say is I can imagine it was torture for OP to keep going on and on with this. Most of these nuclear revenge stories are quick and powerfully impactful. For OP to have to live for a week and then have the plans almost blow up, probably pretty anxiety inducing. Also hi, I'm Steven and if you enjoy crazy stories of revenge, why not hit that subscribe button down below. That said, our final story of the day is, my mother-in-law tried to kill me. I'm a 27-year-old female, and my husband Ray is 32 years old. We met when I was 20, and he was 25, but we were barely even friends at first. He and his friends frequented the movie theater I worked at, and they always made sure to torment whoever it was that worked the popcorn booth when they came around. It was much that we even had an inside joke going about how annoying they were. They annoyed me on a very bad day, and I took out all my anger on Ray and his a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare Short Term Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com two friends, focusing on him because he was the most mischievous of them all and also the biggest. My friends and co-workers who were present said that it was really hilarious watching my 5'2 self scream at a 6'1 man and have him look genuinely scared for his life. I also got suspended after the whole shebang because the customer is always right and I wasn't supposed to speak to them that way but I'll be honest I felt very fulfilled. Ray was a better person than I'd anticipated because he tracked me down to my uni to apologize with his friends in tow. They swore to make it up to me, and I made them follow me around for a week and buy all my lunches and things from the mall too. It was cute that they did everything I said for the whole week, but the next week, Ray still showed up and asked me to buy lunch. Over lunch, we talked, and I found that we actually attended the same college, which was why he found me so easily. He had taken a break, two years earlier to travel, and now we're both in our junior year, and he was finding it hard to adjust back. Out of sheer goodwill, and the fact that I was beginning to find him really cute, I suggested being study buddies with him. It was a great arrangement, because I found out he had ADHD, and having a little brother with it, who I had to deal with back home, helped with knowing how to accommodate him. It didn't take much to go from study buddy to friends who hooked up and held hands occasionally. I didn't want to put a label over it, and neither did he because it just worked. We graduated when I was 22 and he was 27, 
and by that time we were already pretty deep into whatever dynamic our relationship was. We both studied law, and while I didn't want to go to law school to further it because I didn't want a career in law, Ray wanted to. Not for himself, but for the fact that his very wealthy parents felt like he owed it to them. His real passion was photography, and it was what he spent every waking moment of the two-year gap that he took doing what he loved, but he also felt as if he owed his parents. I, on the other hand, had parents who are free spirits. I'm a little more logical than they are, but I learned to never plan too seriously because life can happen at any time. I wanted to encourage Ray to do whatever he wanted, because at this point we'd reached the best friend point of our relationship, but he informed me that a huge part of his inheritance depended on if he did go to law school or not. As much as I hate capitalism, I know that money is an important crutch in society and I didn't want him to leave the comfortable life that he knew and start to struggle from scratch again. Life was already hard enough, so I talked Ray into going to law school, promising to go alongside him if it was what it took. It was a small requirement, and I still wasn't sure of what I wanted to do myself, so it was a great distraction. After law school, Ray and I transitioned from best friends into a romantic relationship. It felt natural. Plus, we tried to date other people and it just didn't work. But we worked with each other and we decided to stick together. We officially got together when he asked me to be his girlfriend on my 24th birthday. It was the most romantic breakfast in bed display ever. I discovered that I liked to do hair and took a few months to attend beauty school while simultaneously helping Ray with his photography brand that he was building. Soon enough, we were doing pretty well with our chosen fields and decided that it was time to meet each other's parents. We had both told each other right from the time that our parents were pretty intense people. Mine were obsessed with feeding everyone and wanted to always know things like how their souls were doing. But Ray fit right in even doing yoga with them in the mornings for all three days that we were there. On our drive to Ray's family's house, he was so on edge, but I brushed it off as normal because I felt the same way on the way to see my parents. I had no idea that his definition of intense regarding his parents was not the same idea that I had. To put it blatantly, his parents were racist right off the bat. And it wasn't the open kind that knew they were racist. They were the kind of people that said things like, not to be racist, before saying the most out-of-pocket things. I'm half Ethiopian and half Chinese, and my features make it pretty obvious that I'm Blasian. And it seemed like Ray's parents could not stop comparing me to everyone they met during their missionary trips. They were fine with me being Ray's friend, but when he told them that I was his girlfriend, I swear his mother had a mini heart attack. It took many more one-on-one meetings and small, odd questions to make sure that I wasn't just after their son's money before I was finally accepted into the family. Not too long after, Ray proposed and we had the loveliest wedding. It was a garden wedding and it was the most aesthetic and beautiful thing ever. Right after, Ray's dad started to ask about kids. We weren't in a hurry and we let him know, but his mother had other plans. She spoke separately to us about the importance of having kids early and how she was so excited to have grandkids from her first and only son. It felt like a lot of pressure too soon and I had to ask Ray to speak to her about it. Once he did, she stopped asking me about it, but she became so hostile. 
It was so obvious that even Ray's dad, who I believe to be the most clueless man on earth, noticed that things were weird. The only reason we were at Ray's parents' home so much was because his father had a project to work on and Ray had to photograph it, meaning that they were supposed to work really closely. Just working somehow turned into having dinner at theirs every night. With all the awkwardness with his mother, I decided to stay away for a little while with the hopes that things would tide over after some time. It seemed to work, because the next time I was over, my mother-in-law was the sweetest person to be. Almost too sweet and it felt a little fake, but when I told Ray, he just laughed and said that his mother was trying to make things right with me. I believed him completely and let myself enjoy how nice she was being. We had lunch together and she took me shopping once and showed me where she and her own husband met. Sometimes we had brunch with her own sisters and I started to feel really welcome. There was some part of it all that felt a little weird, but I couldn't place a finger on it, so I went against myself to ignore it. During Christmas dinner, we all ate at Ray's family home. Both my family and his, complete with siblings, cousins, and grandparents. After eating, I immediately started to feel extremely nauseous. I didn't let anyone know and just went off to take a nap with the hopes that I would feel better. I woke up with the strong need to vomit and a blinding headache. All of it cleared by the morning after some sleep and hot tea, but it started again after dinner. I had only had a few allergies and as far as I knew, none of them were present in the dinner. Plus, I was the only sick one as everyone else was having the time of their life. I was convinced that I was just coming down with the flu. I was fine for a few more days, until we had dinner before New Year's, and it was the worst one yet. While everyone watched fireworks and said Happy New Year to each other, Ray held my hair while I vomited and cried at the same time. We were supposed to stay longer at his parents, but Ray insisted that we went home so that he could take better care of me. In just a few days, I was better, and Ray began to suspect his own mother. I thought he was genuinely crazy, and I let him know. But he believed that he was right and was completely livid. He wanted to call her to confront her, but I stopped him, letting him know that it was something that he would have to prove if he didn't want her to make him look like the bad person. He agreed with me and the matter died down. In the new year, I turned 26 and started up a hair and nail salon. It kept me super busy and Ray got more photography gigs than he could handle sometimes. We were genuinely busy with our own lives. It wasn't until Easter that any of us had enough free time to go to his parents' home, and to say that I was anxious would be a sore understatement. I had two panic attacks in the car, and my heart seemed to not beat properly. Ray helped me through it all, being the kind sweetheart he was. When we arrived, I could almost taste the fake sweetness from his mother's tone and that alone made me anxious. The way she served food was different from what I was used to. She disliked people entering her kitchen or messing with her pots and pans, so she plated all the food in the kitchen and served it to the individuals herself. It made sense that she would be able to poison whatever if it was true. After we'd sit down to eat, Ray knew that his mother kept her phone away from her while she ate, so he called her repeatedly until she went to pick up the phone and then swapped my plate with his and then with hers. It didn't cause any alarm among his family because he was mischievous like that. Dinner was good and nothing seemed out of place. 
I was ready to punch my husband for assuming the worst of his mother when I caught a glimpse of her and saw how red in the face and sweaty she was. In a split second, my mother-in-law raced to the bathroom and we could all hear her vomiting her guts out. It was the most shocking moment of my life, realizing that someone disliked me so much that they would poison me while pretending to be kind to me. It got so bad that we had to take her to the hospital and get her admitted and on IV fluids. Ray informed his entire family about what his mother tried to do to me. And while everyone was sympathetic with me, asking for forgiveness on her behalf and buying me unnecessary and fancy gifts, I still wanted to find out why she did it. I went into the hospital on my own to speak to my mother-in-law and she was so upset. She screamed these racist things at me, letting me know that she never really liked me and didn't want to have grandkids that looked like me in her home. At least she admitted to the poisoning, but she got so riled up that the doctors asked me to leave. I heard later that she had a full body stroke because her blood pressure went sky high. My husband and I haven't seen her for over a year now, and last I heard, the poison messed her system up so bad that she had to get her stomach walls repaired, but she also had a stroke and needed to recover from it, so she's been on a tube diet since then. It might not seem like much, but for a woman like her, who loved to do things by herself, there was no torture worse than rendering her powerless. I mean, them getting punished in that way and having to go to tube feeding and have a stomach wall repair, I think that's a decent level of karma and all, but let's not kid around, she should be in jail and locked up for attempted murder. In fact, OP seems oddly okay with the fact that there was no legal persecution here. If I found out that somebody was trying to do that to me, I'd be immediately going to the cops and making a report. I don't care what fancy gifts you buy me. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy story of revenge, why not check out that video on the left? Or, if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 